I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everyone and welcome to the Covenant Living Broadcast. I'm David Weeder. This is Lynn Weeder. We're going to just we're kind of rush through this stuff right now because just before we turn the cameras on, the Lord showed me something that we're going to get into today that I, I'm just I'm looking Excited. for I'm looking forward to seeing what <laughs> what I don't know. <laughs> Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the joy of the Lord which is our strength. We thank you for every life changed. The ones that are experience what we call the rebirth of the human spirit, being born again through these broadcasts, but also every life, every body that's healed, every mind that's set free, every emotional stress that is relieved and delivered. We thank you for every life changed in every way, every financial breakthrough, for it is the gospel, the word of the living God, that is the power that produces those things. And we're so honored to preach and teach your word through these broadcasts. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, <clears throat> we're examining the faith of Abraham today and a particular aspect of the fabric of the faith of Abraham that produced the miracle of Isaac. And so turn over. Um, I had told you we were going to start in Isaiah, but we'll be there in just a minute. Okay. I'm going to turn over to, we're going to open with uh, uh, Romans chapter four, just to establish what we're, what we are, our foundation scripture, what we're going back to. Uh, talking about the faith of Abraham, uh, Romans 4.16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. So that's one massive ingredient of Abraham's faith is calling those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. There's another ingredient of Abraham's faith is even against hope. One translation says when there's absolutely no, no natural reason for hope whatsoever, he just hoped anyway. <laughs> just cause. He hoped against hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that. So he had word, he had the word of God, which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Glory to God. Now that is the summation of the faith of Abraham, which we all <laughs> aspire to. He is the father of the faith. 
And so we've been analyzing particular aspects of it. And so you really need to go back over the last weeks. All, all of our material is available for no charge whatsoever on our website. You can listen to the audio or you can watch the videos. Just go to our website, davidweeder.org, and you can watch or listen to anything. You can even go to the media page and search for particular uh, subjects, okay? So go back, uh, make you, it's all, it's all there for you. So go ahead, put in the study, put in the learning time so that you know these things. But just as a way of a quick remembrance, we were talking about calling those things which be not as though they were. But how do you do that? And you keep praying and you keep praying. And then we see the word, the principle over in Isaiah chapter 43, if you'd read that to us. Isaiah this is God talking. 43:26. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Amen. Now, why would we why would why do we have to do that? Cuz we have to do it. You know, he knows everything that we want and need anyway, but the scripture says we're supposed, still supposed to ask for it. Why are we supposed to ask if he knows? Cuz it it engages the faith and what it takes for him to be able to get it to us, even though he already knows what we need. So why do we put him in remembrance of these things? You think he forgets? No, he hadn't forgot a thing in his entire existence. But it keeps things stirred up in us. It keeps faith stirred up. It keeps hope stirred up and it builds that relationship as well you're talking to him Mm -hmm. you're listening to him it's going back and forth Mm -hmm. it's what um we have a pretty broad uh culture of adoption within my family and one of the things of kids who have been neglected and things like that even though everything's available in the house when they first come in one of the things to start building that trust is them asking the new adoptive parents for, you know, can I have a snack? Yes, you can. And it helped build that trust between them. Mm-hmm. So in putting, so how do we put him in remembrance scripturally and in the natural and, and, and practical application? It, the Bible says if you pray the prayer of faith, you don't want to pray it again because that means you didn't receive it the first time. So how are we supposed to put him in remembrance, keep these things stirred up, keep our faith activated, and keep, without keeping asking about it? Mm -hmm. And so we started to deal with that. The answer to that is found in Philippians chapter 4. Turn over there. Philippians chapter 4, we started in verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Well, that's what we did. We prayed the prayer of faith. We made our petition. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, it would be granted. So with thanksgiving, we let our request be known unto God. And that's not thanksgiving out of fear. We, we discussed that as well. It's not, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just, oh, thank you for everything that you've provided. I thank you for my healing that Jesus provided on the cross. I thank you for these things as though they already happened because they have in the spirit in the spirit realm your healing has already been provided for so you thank him i thank you that i am already healed 
And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Now that goes back. Remember, we talked about he considered not his own body. And that's trying to figure it out naturally, analyze it, look it all over, try to figure it out. Well, you don't have to even understand that. It passes all that understanding. Well, I don't think the peace of God does that. Well, that's what you get for thinking that. (laughs) The Bible says it will. Stick with the Bible, stick with the truth, and it will change the temporal things, which are feelings. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So now we're talking about the minds. And that's why in verse 8, he goes ahead and expands. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, not a negative report, not a bad report, not a this isn't going to work. If there is going to be any virtue, power, excellence, that word actually means manliness, strength, If there's going to be any praise, think on these things. Choose to think on those things. Yeah, but it looks so bad. Uh, So what? If it looks bad, that means you can see it is subject to change. Stick with the word. Think on these things. Yeah, but I need to analyze how bad it is so I can fix it. No, you need to think on these things and then stay in a position to hear any instructions that will change the bad things. Okay? And we'll say that again. A lot of people think they need to analyze all the bad and talk about it and and get it out and rehearse it so that they can figure out how to fix it. No. You need to stay your mind, fix your mind on what he tells you to think and stay purpose to stay in a position to hear whatever instructions he gives you that will fix the bad things that you're tempted to think about all the time. Now, what I had never seen before that he showed me right before the cameras came on, the mind is the battleground. It's your spirit. The Bible says your spirit is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Satan cannot get to your spirit, but he can introduce thoughts. He can, that's the, ba- the battleground of the mind. That's why the, that's why the Bible talks about, well, actually over there in Romans, um, it talks about the renewing of the mind is how your life is transformed. And part of the renewing of the mind is making sure you, you only think on these things that he tells you to think on. But anyway, so the, the battlefield, the huge battlefield in any faith conquest, victory, is the mind. What I had never seen before in this description of Abraham's faith, there's two different ingredients that the Lord put in here to anchor and deliver the thoughts and the minds. And the one ingredient is there found there in verse 18 where it talks about Abraham hoped against hope. All right, hold your place there and look at Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, 
And when you have time, take time to read down through here. But for sake of time <laughs> on this broadcast, we're going to just look at verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Now, you find in 1 Thessalonians that the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind, the will, and the emotions. Those are Satan's big areas of attack. The mind getting you to think about the problem all the time. The will, well, that's where Thomas had issues. I will not believe. Well, choose the other side of that. I will believe. And then the emotions. And the emotions are, are given to us by God, but they are in that realm of the soul that Satan has access to play with if you don't manage them according to the word. So the mind, the will, and the emotions. Notice that Abraham hoped against hope, and that hope is an anchor, listen to this, an anchor of the mind, the will, and the emotions, both sure and steadfast. So it is, it will anchor, especially you're dealing with, we're, we're talking about, uh, we kind of centered up on healing a little bit. Let's talk about cancer, okay? You're, you're, you're attacking this thing with your faith, to lay hold of what grace has already provided, which is your healing and your wholeness. Now, you're, you're calling things to be not as though you were. You've made your, your petition. Now Satan's trying to, to affect your thinking. Well, you know, maybe there's this that could help it. Maybe there's that. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe, it, maybe it's a mental, com, uh, con, maybe it's an emotional component. Maybe and, and your mind is just, you know, and then... The emotions get out. Oh, man, I'm never going to see my kids graduate. Uh, and then your depression comes. And all of these things, all of these components of the soul, well, just hope anyway. Hope against hope. And that hope is a part of the anchoring of the soul. Now, <laughs> that next verse, he considered not his own body, so what is he supposed to consider over there in Philippians chapter 4? Where all of those things that he lists out, whatsoever things, uh, Philippians chapter 4. Are true, whatsoever yeah. things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. Those are the things that the Word says we're supposed to think on. Look at James chapter 1. As you meditate on those things contained in the Word, look at what James chapter 1 and verse, oh, let's see here, 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, the word that you make part of yourself. You're thinking on those things that are true, honest, good report, all of those things. That's the word that you're meditating on 
And when you meditate on the word, it becomes a part of you. It becomes engrafted, which is able to save, deliver, protect, heal your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So right there in that description of Abraham's faith, you've got the hope, which is the anchor to your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then talking about not considering and then looking, what do we consider? And finding all of those things, those instructions laid out there, making that, meditating on that, making it a part of you. And it's the engrafted word that will deliver your mind, your will, and your emotions. A double whammy (laughs) to defeat Satan right there in the biggest battleground that most people face in the, in the, what the Bible calls the fight of faith. Glory to God. He is so good. Grace has provided everything you could possibly ever need, want, or desire. And then grace provided you the user's manual on how to operate it and how to operate in the faith that it takes to receive what grace has provided. He even provided the instruction manual (laughs) of how to do it. Glory to God. And then provided uh, anointed men and women ministers of God to teach and preach on these things, to expand on them. Not to mention the providing the Holy Ghost, which is the teacher of the church to help us individually and just, oh, He is so good. He wants you to have everything that he has provided. And so he's given you all the tools to do it. And the more you learn, the higher level of operation that you function in, the higher level of victory. You go from faith to a higher level of faith, from glory to a higher level of glory. This is a wonderful way to live. (laughs) It really, really is. All right, where was I? Back in here in Romans. Okay, here we go. Being not weak in faith, considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. Now, most people read this verse as, in their minds, they, they hear it like this, being fully persuaded of what God had promised. But that's not what that says. It says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. In other words, he had the ability, the raw power, if that's what it took, the wisdom, the Everything that it took, God had the ability to bring this almost unbelievable, never before experienced in humankind at that time, brought it to pass. He had to be convinced that he had that. Do you know what convinced him? Turn over to Genesis chapter 17. Now, Actually, quite a few years ago now, (laughs) I taught extensively on this. Um, And so I'm just going to briefly, you can go find, like I said, everything is on our website. Um, 
but I'm just going to bring it up to your attention here so you can research it. Like I said, part of the research can be on our website. 17, Genesis 17, 1, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Okay, that, and I can, I can pretty much prove this by scripture, that's the first time God ever used that name to Abraham, to Abram. Now, you can prove this, and I'm, I'm not going to take time to do it now, but you can go look. Moses said in Exodus that Abraham did not know him as Jehovah. So in the previous chapters, um, Genesis 15, uh, 14, 15, 16, where it talks about God spoke unto him and, the, you know, and all that, that's not this name. This name, he came on the scene, and he hadn't talked to Abram for a while now. Abram did that. He, he messed up over there, <laughs> tried to help God out, created Ishmael, and it was a while before God appeared to him again and spoke to him. Now, we don't have that issue today because of Jesus uh, going to the throne. You can mess up and turn around right around God talk to you right back again, <laughs> okay? But anyway, he showed up on the scene, and he said, I am the Almighty God, which... You know, there's a lot of, you can go into a lot of research, and I did before when we when I taught just on this. But basically, he's saying, whatever it takes to do whatever I say, I am more than that. I have more power. I have more wisdom. I have more love. I have more of whatever it takes to accomplish whatever I tell you, I'm more than that. That's what gave Abraham that anchor in his mind, along with the covenant that he's getting ready to form with Abraham where he shed his blood and changed his name. <laughs> and the covenant, the name, everything anchored Abraham to where he could hope against hope. And he knew that God had the ability to do what he said he would do. And he released his faith. He hoped against hope. Old, old man, old man body, you ain't got, you, you don't matter. This body don't matter. Sarah, your body doesn't matter. God said, and he's more than enough to make it happen. Now, one thing I want to bring up to you, and, and we're all about being real. So I'm not trying to be crude in this in any way. We're talking about anchoring the mind and anchoring the emotion. And part of the reason, part of the, the, the struggle that people have is, especially with sickness and disease, it's there in front of their eyes all the time. Yeah. You know, if you got a rash or you, you got that. Now, mm. not so much a report that you can't feel or see or anything like that, but I'm talking about something that's active, it's causing you, you can pain see. or, or, okay. or something. It's in your face all the time. It's, that's where you got to have that anchor of that soul. Well, people overlook this, but... Um, <clears throat> There are certain biological events that have to take place in a man's body for the intercourse to take place that produces a child, okay? Well, hey, um, every time there's an attempt, until the manifestation actually takes place, it's in his face, I can't do this. It's not happening. I don't have the ability. This cannot happen. But he hoped against hope, and he considered not 
how do you consider this not it's not it's it's not happening <laughs> I can't interact with Sarah in a way that produces a baby how do you consider not that you anchor your mind with what God said and hope I just hope anyway well there's no reason to hope I don't care I choose to hope until there was manifestation that produced the natural ability to bring Isaac about. No, people don't think about that. They're like, well, you know, Abraham had it easy. No, it was in his face just like it's <laughs> in your and my face. And yet faith and hope and considering not or considering the right thing all came together. All the ingredients there found in Romans 4 came together and produced Isaac, the miracle child. And not only did it produce Isaac, look at that, I'm going to point out something to you now. That was 17.1. Now look over at Genesis 25. Sarah had died <laughs> at this point. And 25, Genesis 25.1. Then again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And she bare him Zimran, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shula, Shua. Six more sons. And list daughters. I don't know how many daughters there may be in here. Six more sons. That faith was still working. It was still producing the victory in his life. And it'll produce the victory in your life if you do the same thing. Praise God. Hey, don't go anywhere. Got an important message I want you to hear about, and then we'll be right back. Hey, I'm telling you right now, you need to make your arrangements and get to Arkansas. <laughs> you need to get there August 24th, 25th, and 26th. We are doing a conference up there. Save the Nation is the theme. I'm going to be kicking it off on Thursday night. Happy Caldwell is going to be speaking during the conference. We're going to have music and ministry by Jeremiah Yoakum. You do not want to miss this conference. It is a good central location. You fly right into Little Rock. It's in Conway. The meeting's in Conway, which is just outside of Little Rock a little ways. Beautiful area of the country. You need to be there. The Word will be taught. I guarantee it. Praise God. It's going to be a good time. Like I said, August 24th, 25th, and 26th, be there and make it a point to not miss this conference. Hey, that, that is this week. Look, hey, I know these broadcasts come out all over the place. You know, one place comes out on Sunday and then Tuesday and then and whatever. But anyway, that's happening this week. this week. This week, you still got time to get there. Don't don't act like you don't. <laughs> hey, I'm kicking this thing off uh, Thursday night. I have the honor of beginning this meeting in Conway, Arkansas. And I tell you what, the Lord's been talking to me and it is going to be good. Massive healings will take place that night as we teach the word and minister through the laying on of hands, glory to God. And then uh, um, Friday morning, uh, Pastor Happy Caldwell, and Friday night, Jeremiah Yoakum will be ministering, and then again, uh, Saturday morning, our good friend Jason Rabert will be ministering. You do not want to miss out, not even on one of these meetings. And and hey, wait, stop by and say hi <laughs> while you're there too. And so we'll have a, you know, we'll have a table out there and stuff where you can you can get things and see things and find out things and all kinds of stuff. But you don't you really do want to be in this meeting. Glory to God. We're so happy to be. It's practically our home. Hey, we met 
and got married in Arkansas. Yeah, this, hey, it's practically her hometown, just a little down the road. And uh, so we're so thrilled to be in Arkansas. All our Arkansas peeps, come on, you got to turn out to this meeting now. Come on. Hey, we're looking forward to uh, next week already. I'm telling you, join us next week. And between now and then, remember that God's always for you. He's never against you. He loves you, and Lynn and I love you, and Jesus is Lord. For more information about our ministry, contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380.